You are listening to Salty Believer Unscripted, a conversation on Christian ministry and the Christian life. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Catherman. And today we're doing a follow-up episode with our guest, Robert Kinney from the Charles Simeon Trust. Welcome back, Robert. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back. It was two minutes ago. It was two minutes ago. <laughs> we ran out of time. <laughs> We had you in person, and we're just taking advantage of the fact that you're here in person with us, and we're not dealing with a massive time difference. And so we kind of want to do a follow-up to our basic overview uh, episode on uh, Simeon Trust workshops. You have a lot of crazy questions. Brian wants to ask some off-the-wall questions, and sure. you know, you were kind enough to indulge us. So, Well, we got all the good... Uh, for, the, for the serious listeners who wanted to know about what to do and we needed to know. We wanted to get that out of the way, but now I want to know all the other spicy stories. So, uh, I will I will say whatever I can say publicly. Okay, but don't be I mean don't speak about anybody disparagingly, but I wasn't planning to. Okay, good. Good, good. I just wanted to make sure we got that out of the way. Um, so first of all, how many people when they show up expect David Helm to be there? Does that happen very often? No. Okay, so that's not anything they're like, "Oh, this guy's going to no, usually by the time people have gotten through our laborious registration online process, they've realized that Dave's not at all of them. And they figured it out. Okay. Yeah. How many does he go to? 10 to 15. 15. Oh, so he's still doing a bunch oh, of Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Dave, so how about something? You got... Dave's on the road. He's yeah. doing a lot of that. Okay, I didn't know that. So on the online courses, mm-hmm. which we talked in the last podcast, some of these are recorded from some of those. You have some very heavy hitters in those courses. Um, yeah, we've tried to get good people when we can. And I don't know if all those are at workshops. Like, was J.I. Packer at a workshop? No. Or was that one of the no, old no, no. ones? No, no, no. Jim Packer was, we had a, a, a very small window of opportunity to go get him uh, on on the connection between systematics and exposition, which is just not a talk we'd actually do at a workshop because the no, workshops was, are really training. But it was a good talk. Uh, you know, it is a great talk. It was a great talk. I mean, it was no, great. Nobody better than, than Packer on that. So, How about uh, Brian Chappell? He, he does a lot of preaching stuff on his own. And I saw what he's on some of the... Uh, which one is he on? I can't remember. I, they're all blended together now. Sure. But he's on one of these or two of these online I, I know his application talks are in the persuasion course. Okay. Persu- it might have been persuasion because it's been a yeah. while. Yeah. So yeah. was that at a workshop? That was at a workshop, yeah. That was actually, okay. Yeah, yeah he does <clears throat> He does workshops. We we were having him about once a year. His schedule's gotten a little crazier since he took over the PCA. That's that's a terrible way of putting that. Since he was, <laughs> since he was elected to the senior like Since he has position. this grand responsibility. Uh, yeah. Uh, though he is, he is doing. He, he and I are doing a workshop together uh, in Milwaukee or in uh, Appleton, Wisconsin. Oh boy! Okay. Next, this this fall, fall of this year, on a book we've never done before, no Song kidding. of Songs. Ooh! <laughs> I might need to sign up for that Wisconsin. Wow. Okay. So, so I'm looking forward to spending a few days with Brian on Song of Songs. Oh man. Okay. How about so the one that I think uh, Al Mohler. Is like he looks like he's at I don't know what setting he's at. Was that, that, that a workshop? That was no. That was that was filmed at Southern. Okay, because that definitely looked that looked a little bit different. Um, Wingtip chairs in the background were given. Yeah, no, I was like, <laughs> the, what kind of workshop are we sitting at at this thing? And I I didn't think all of them were workshops. No, no. Um, I'm trying to think of. Some, I mean, so here's what I think a lot of people don't realize is there's a ton of heavy hitters in these uh, some high. Yeah. Quality material. Don Carson, Mark Dever. Yeah, okay, so Don Carson, was he at a workshop? Yeah. That was a workshop, was that at a seminary? So it looks like he's sitting in a, in a in seminary room. In the, the biblical theology course, those are at TEDS, at uh, Trinity classes. 
the his his uh, ones on apocalyptic literature are from a workshop. Okay, and then uh, yeah, Mark Deverett. He's done. Like, I'm just thinking. A lot of them seem like they might be at workshops. Yeah, you have Mark a lot is of these at a folks. workshop. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think of who some of these others that are in. The, I mean, there's some there's some pretty big stuff. So most of those are workshops. A lot of them are. Yeah. Okay, so how many workshops that are not being filmed have some of those heavy hitters. Who did Brett say was it his? I can't remember. He oh, was in Des Moines. Yeah. No, he was like, yeah, I was like, he was throwing out. I'm like, wow, that's pretty. Uh, I can't yeah. remember who it was, but yeah. so I mean, we specifically chose this one, and not to make this weird, but we specifically chose this one because we wanted to connect with you, having done the podcast before. Mm-hmm. We just really enjoyed that, so that's why we chose it. We didn't choose it by book or anything else. We said, how do we go and, and connect? Well, in proximity. Well, yeah, we couldn't drive to Wisconsin. <laughs> we had to fly to that one, so driving. But you was do a make choice. that sound tempting with Song of Songs. Well, you, so. you would be the first two people in the history of the Simian Trust who came to a workshop specifically for me. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's always good to be first. Uh, okay, so. Those individuals, they're still going to other. Yeah, they're still going to other workshops. Okay, so you could, I mean, you could potentially look through those and see you're getting that kind of caliber in the. Yeah, not not real often. I mean, the the, the difficulty. <laughs> this is some inside baseball. Uh, the difficulty with the big name people sometimes is they want to do their thing and not our thing. So we prioritize what we think is going to be the best training, and sometimes that means we we invite. You know, a Brian Chapel or uh, a Mark Dever or whomever to to come in and, and make a contribution, and they do, and it's fantastic. Sure. Sometimes we we actually just prefer to go with the guy who we think is going to give you the best basic instruction on how to find the structure in this genre, or whatever yeah. it is. So some of these guys, um, some of these guys. I mean, you got like Schreiner. Yeah. I'm just thinking, some of these guys have written the leading commentaries on stuff they're talking about in some of those online courses. So if yeah. you have those individuals, yeah, I think you said you know, kind of a heavy hitter celebrity author guys, does that create a sense of intimidation among the, the group? I would be super intimidated if I was sitting in a, you know, one of these with these individuals, I think, and you're going, I think the structure looks like this. And I'm thinking, did I check his commentary to see what he <laughs> thought the structure should look like? I mean, does that ever does that ever sort of play into that at all? Not that I've heard of. I mean, people are intimidated anyway, but that's the beauty of the small group at the workshop. Like, five minutes into the conversation, it's about who knows what. It's not about... Oh, that that makes sense. It's not about who's familiar with somebody's commentary. And by the way, like, Tom Schreiner's one of the least intimidating people in the world. He changes his mind about his own views, like, every six months. (laughs) I have some of his commentaries where he did that. I was like, wait, but what I meant was I was just thinking of... I'm trying to... uh, I was trying to pull this site up on my phone, but, like, there's a lot of these people. But in that case, like... What what Tom does, and I, and I don't know him personally very well at all. I know some of his sons, but like that's actually exactly what we're going for. We want people who are going to think through the text and maybe not be beholden to their previous position. So, so he's a really good model of exactly what we're trying to do in terms of working together to make progress. We actually all get somewhere. That's really cool. So um, getting away from all those individuals. Sure. I just share that because I think a lot of people don't realize... Right what the caliber of this whole preaching program is. I tell people all the time, it's way better than my my doctoral seminar on preaching, no offense to all the people that contributed to that. But there is so much stuff for really well, value. reasonable yeah. prices and reasonable, I mean, we're going to this workshop and I'm looking at all the stuff that's going into it and all the value and um, so. Well, part of it is just getting to do it. The, the difficulty with like a doctoral seminar, a lot of the times is that you're, 
you're, you're left in the realm of the abstract and theoretical. And what we're trying to do is really talk about the practical things you do week to week. Like drill down and really Yeah, so, really do so it. you can take a doctoral seminar on baseball or you can go out and hit some balls. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Okay, so what's the, what is like the worst thing you've ever seen happen at one of these, one of these workshops? Like just the craziest, you cannot, when you tell people, man, one time and it's this. Do you have any of those stories? Well, like good or bad? Like you pick. Funny? I don't know. I mean, just shocking. Like the funny. thing. Give, if give, I said, what's the... Give me, give me some parameters. Okay, so let's go with bad. What's the worst? In, like the like bad. In, in just the bad. U.S. or... You pick. No, that's that's oh, partly yeah. why I was asking because I see some of these other countries. I'm like, this could get really wild. Like you could show up and go, oh, we didn't realize, you know, blank. I don't know. I'm just imagining when I see these all around the world and all over the time and who's involved. And it's all like, it's preachers and pastors and differing opinions, I'm sure, and... Like, has anybody ever gotten in a fist fight at one of these? Not in the room. Well, the delay oh. was awkward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> has anybody ever got saved at one of these? Like, I just realized I'm not a Christian. Have you but ever that's had not, that? That's not, like, batter. No, it's no, great. No, no, no. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Sub, sub, like, something you would not expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah I started with I, bad and I went mean, to fist fight. But now it's going yeah, to good. Has uh, anybody ever gone, well, you know, I just realized I'm not a Christian. Well, so, so I mean, do you want me to actually answer any of those questions or... Yeah, okay. like I'm, I'm just trying to throw enough out that they have something to grab onto and talk yeah, about. Yeah, so crazy. Uh, I've done some workshops in Cuba, one of which is very memorable for the church having no walls. And we're working on a chalkboard and there's chickens like running through. Right. What do you mean? Like, so no walls. Like, it's just an overhead shade structure. With yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, How many people? Like, what? <laughs> there, there's, there's like 40 people. What was oh. the chicken to people ratio? Were, were there more chickens <laughs> than people? <laughs> there were not more chickens than people, but m- one chicken is too many. But there her. were more chickens than you expected. <laughs> more chickens. Like, you went there going, I knew there'd be some chicken, but not not this much. <laughs> there were more chickens than were helpful. <laughs> Did you know this was going to be the case going no. in? You know, so you show up and go, oh, we're doing this. Well, so you, I, I flew into Havana, and then from there it was a like 1970s Russian plane flight. Of course it would be, because To the eastern part of the island. Be? Of course. And then from there it was like a six-hour drive. And I, at that point, should have realized <laughs> we are so far beyond the edges of civilization that... Anything's gonna go. Well, praise no, the Lord, there's not expositional anything. preaching there. I'm sorry, not anything. There's a whole lot of things I can think of that just aren't gonna go in that situation. But the no yeah. walls and the chickens are yeah. definitely in the in the realm of possibilities. And, and there were great people. So I mean, it just like yeah. So uh, in terms of like feeling this was utterly fruitless or utterly pointless, I remember a particular workshop in Eastern India that was uh, hosted by the Assemblies of God Church there. And, and generally, I like working with the AOG. I think we should let, I mean, these things have, are a wide range of denominations are involved, yeah. wide range of views, oh, so that's pretty sure. normal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I really like working with the AOG because they've got a high view of Scripture. Sure. Generally speaking, if there's a high view of Scripture, we feel like we can get something done. This particular one, it was all AOG guys that were very committed to speaking in tongues. And so Ooh. and so you couldn't like the and and because it's being done in translation is like everything you say is being amplified. Oh man. Into Tamil and then your, you know, 2 minute prayer to close your sermon turns into a 40 minute thing and it's just like 
you know, I, I flew halfway around the world to... So what you're saying be, is... Be translated in a way that was not really, I think, faithful to what we were trying to accomplish. So what you're saying is you don't think people learned to really improve their preaching in the methods in which you were there to advocate. It, it was it was it was tough kind of reconciling and resigning myself to that yeah okay that's okay. uh you know most of the time it's fun but it, to, to your other question i i don't know i mean maybe somebody's been saved at a workshop i think what we see f- fairly regularly and i just kind of assume that in any room of 40 pastors that or 50 pastors or 100 pastors there's going to be two or three who are on the verge of leaving ministry. Mm. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think so, about and that. And so I see... Wait, can we pause really quick yeah. on that? Do you feel like people are here, like, maybe... I didn't even think about, like, that could be... This is it. This is a last ditch. If this doesn't help me. Or or I already scheduled this to happen, but then I had all this turmoil at church. So you yeah. feel like people are like, you might not go back on Sunday. That To that extent, you feel yeah. like maybe that's possible. Yeah. I, I've, I have seen... Uh, I've personally spoken to dozens of guys who are at that workshop and why they're at the workshop it varies. I mean, I don't think they're counting on the workshop to save them in their ministry or anything like that. But but watching guys who are on the cusp of just getting out, like they're yeah. done, they're exhausted, they're frustrated, be reminded that that the power is in the word. Yeah. Not yeah, in yeah, them. Yeah. The responsibility is on the Holy Spirit, not on them, right? That that their job is to show up and deliver the word as clearly and accurately as they can to be faithful proclaimers of God's word. Uh, yeah, a lot of guys who are on the verge leave encouraged, and I and I and I can say for sure there are guys who were within a week or two done who 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 are still in ministry today years later because that workshop helped them through that moment. And and part of that is, you know, again, some of the, 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 the secondary tertiary benefits of the workshop, like just being in a room with colleagues. I mean, I, I serve on the fringe of my denomination in Europe. It's not like I've got a lot of colleagues in ministry and even fewer who share my philosophy of ministry or convictions about scripture. So just the the therapeutic value of being in a room with guys sure. that, that share that who are committed to getting better at this preaching task it's like this is fantastic it's mm-hmm. such a balm to my soul well that's what i shared is the thing i'm looking forward to the most because i've done all these courses you know online because we're far away from all this stuff but you can't interact or engage right. and just be blessed by the fellowship of other brothers who are trying to do this yeah i mean that's what i'm looking forward to the most and and then the encouragement of the ones for whom this work is costing them so again i go back to we did some workshops in western pennsylvania had some amish guys coming to them oh that'd be who, awesome who between year one and year two got kicked out of their communities yeah whoa yeah that'd be wild so we right? did a workshop in march they came back the next year they'd been booted oh man That'd be and, rough. Right? Like, I, and I they know, came back, though. Oh, yeah. I, I know guys who, uh, because of a, a, a workshop instructor we were using in Canada, who were told by their denomination, Anglican guys, you will never be ordained in this denomination Ooh. if you go to this workshop where this guy is teaching. Oh. They came anyway. Wow. Wow. So, so you know, the, the people for whom this is costing something who show up, man, those guys encourage the heck out of me. That's pretty awesome, yeah. actually. That's really awesome. All right. Uh, if you want another funny story. Yeah, hit me. 
my favorite excuse ever uh, was actually from one of the Amish guys. We were in, in, in Western Pennsylvania, and uh, one of them, Sam, had to apologize the second day for his friend who didn't come up, who, who did not return to the workshop. And uh, I, I, will, I will remember this vividly to the day I die. The excuse, best excuse ever for missing a day of a workshop. His cow was sick. Okay. I forget his name. It was like, Ezekiel can't be with us today. His cow is sick. Yeah. yeah well, that, that stuff, I mean, I went, <laughs> that stuff definitely happens. I went on this thing, this joint thing within the denomination we're at, where the church planters and foreign missionaries were going to all these churches around a rural part of Georgia. Uh, and I mean, like, Valdosta was the really big city, and everything else was very rural. And all these places, doing lunches and breakfasts, and we're all traveling together. And we show up to one place, and the pastor wasn't there, and a lady was there. And she said, hey, the pastor will be here. He said, get started, but he's got to pull a calf. Yeah. Like, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Like, he's pulling, there's a calf <laughs> being born, and he is pulling it out right now. Like, that's a pastor. Like, whoa, that's, whoa. Yeah. So I, I, I think about those guys regularly. I love those guys. That's awesome. Uh, so um, Brett, I'm going to bring something he said into yeah. this, and, and you may or may not want to speak into this, and this isn't my, uh, this isn't to say anything negative. I'm very much looking forward to this, but he said, man, it's said, okay to say negative things. We we welcome critique. Okay, so one of the things he said was he said, you know, one of the things that was a little bit hard is he said all the all the small group leaders, the small he said they were, you know, like they'd obviously all sat together, walked to this, and he said, in ours, each one of them had a helper. And he said, Man, we had one where the helper just didn't even seem to understand what we were doing. Like it was like, wait a minute, do you, I hear what you're saying, but that's not even the pathway we're talking about. It's not the principles we're talking about. That's where did you even see that in the text? Everybody who just heard that podcast is like, that's not how he said it, but something to this effect, right? And so do you see where you have people that are, they're nodding their heads all about it, and then when they sit down in the room, you go, well, that's never happening again. Yeah. Does that happen? I mean, in cra- like you shared the one where everybody's speaking in tongues, but if you have these where you're like, we need to deal with this, or have you ever had to pull a person midway through, that kind of stuff? Quality control, if you will. Yeah, well, so welcome to why a large part of my job is quality control. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it happens, right? So so by the time somebody's a, a small group leader, uh, they've usually been signed off on by somebody on my team who I trust, as well as the host. And um, it would be, I would think, pretty rare to have a to have a bad small group. The small group leader. apprentices are. Is that what they call them? The yeah, apprentices. Yeah, apprentice. He call them like the helper. So yeah, apprentice yeah. of the group. Okay. The apprentice leaders are usually uh, much less experienced. Would in training, be a fair way to put yeah, it. Yeah, in okay. training. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 the point of their apprenticing. Uh, and some of them are great. Some of them are terrible. And. Part you got of, a bad one. <laughs> part, part, part of the way we know that is by trying them out. Right, okay. Getting feedback. Uh, we debrief every day of the okay. workshop, the instructors, and uh, a large portion of that is talking through the small groups, how they're going. So I don't think I've ever pulled one in the middle of a workshop. I'm trying to think if I have. But have you ever been like that person? Never again. I've done that for okay. sure. And, and I, have certain, I have certainly encouraged small group leaders to rely less on their apprentice if they're not very good in the middle of sure. a workshop. Okay, so let's flip the script the other way. Have yeah. you ever had people go, that that 
small group leader is a superstar, we need to have that person do it a ton more. Just, yeah. just speak the opposite. Side. You see that stuff too, yeah. obviously. And that's and that's one of the reasons why I do so many workshops. Dave does so many workshops. We're out there scouting who are potential small group leaders. Kevin, right. Jeremy, right? Like who's who are potential small group leaders? Who are potential instructors mm-hmm. even? Um, and it's not the guys who do the best on the text. It's the guys who ask the best questions. Mm. The guys who are really engaged with how this process of sermon preparation really works and can and can ask a good question and really engage with a guy on his preparation work. It's it's the pedagogy more than the, the, the knowledge that matters to us. That's really good. Do you ever just feel a... Do you ever feel self-conscious about your own preaching when you're like, I go around and teach all these people to preach. Do you ever feel like, man, I, I might have not hit that one out, out of the park so well? Just because you preach. I mean, you're at a church in Vienna. Mm-hmm. I'm just, these are all the, let's get down to the honest questions. I preach questions. 60 plus times a year. Right. So is there times you're like, what am I doing? Do you ever, do you ever feel that? All, all the time. <laughs> okay. So it's not like, I, I'm, I'm the guy who's got it figured out. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I mean, you, I mean, you can ask my wife, you can ask my colleagues, like, no, I... I'm I'm generally somebody who hates my sermons. Now that being said, we watch some of your sermons when they. I don't sure. think they're getting. Are they? So you're at a church. We we watched a couple. Like I want to yeah. see what this. After we met you the first time on the podcast, yeah. I'm like yeah. I want to see this guy preach because you had told us offline about some stories, you know, and you're yeah. in another country, right? Yeah. So I thought, okay, that's great, that's good preaching. But then I started thinking about it, like, man, these are out there. Yeah. Like, okay, what do you do if you're these people that are talking about preaching, I'm helping Josiah, and then I'm like, at the same time, like I just told him not to do something, and I half the time do that. So like, that's tough. You no know, right? one respect the rules before you break them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. No, I mean like, so I don't want to speak. Uh, I don't want anybody at all involved with the Simeon Trust stuff to to think this is them. So I won't mention names. Now all of them will think it's them. Huh. But uh, so there's some of the preachers in the bonus material in the mm-hmm. online classes. I really appreciate that they still have, you know, uh, maybe a preaching tick here or there, little real life things, or they say something in a way you're like, "That's probably not if you from definitely not what he probably wanted to say." Yeah. That is really encouraging to me yeah. to go. They're preaching a sermon, and they are not. Right. You know, this is not a perfect sermon. They're human too. And you know what? You kind of could have really zeroed that. I mean, when you can actually see that and go, "I bet if they were to watch this again, they'd critique their own sermon." That is super encouraging. Oh, right. yeah. I really appreciate it. And I listened to one individual. Uh, I listened to about three or four people um, from some of these bonus materials. I went out and found them in the ministries they do because I try to listen to three or four sermons for my own edification from people who aren't just the big stage superstars. And uh, one of the individuals I listened to has a little bit of an issue in the way he says things, and I actually really appreciate it. It makes me go, okay. I mean, the, this he is so faithful to material, to the stuff he's saying. But the way that that's being said, probably he's working on that, and I, whatever the case, it's really encouraging. But then I started thinking about it, like how does how does that feel when you're the guy that's also saying this is what you should do, this is how you should do it. Yeah. Here's a sermon you should watch. Here's a bonus material sermon. Right? That'd yeah. be hard. Well, so I mean, a couple of things on that. Uh, one, just me personally, I don't think I'm the greatest preacher ever, uh, and. Like I said, that's my wife. I feel pretty awful about my sermons after I preach them. And I'm constantly surprised at the way the Lord works through them. Yeah, so all the worst ones are the best. The ones that people are like the most engaged comes out yeah, of. You're like, yeah. how did that happen? At so least that's, that's my experience. So I think that's one way God kind of keeps me uh, both humble and in the work. 
There you go. Surprising me. Keeping after it. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, I feel that way about my instructing, too. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you another story offline, but last year I had a really bad, really bad workshop early in the year. And I actually uh, pulled myself out of the next few workshops. Really? Yeah, just to make sure my heart was right and the, my approach was right. Because, yeah, it, so a lot of us are pretty self-conscious. Let me put it that way. Um where was I going? I know I would be. I mean, that's well, the reason why I said yeah, like, I, But I, I guess the other thing I would say is there's a difference between coaching and doing. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah. I heard, so, a, I heard so, a writer say there's a difference between writing and editing. Oh, for and sure. And usually editors are terrible writers and writers are terrible editors. Yeah. Like, that's so helpful. Sure. Yeah. Right. And, and I guess what I'm saying is nobody wants Michael Jordan to coach a basketball team. And right. Phil Jackson was like a pretty good player. Right. But he was right. an amazing coach. Right, because those are different skill sets. They're actually different skill sets. So instructing at a workshop is actually a little bit different than preaching. That makes sense. Hmm. I We're out of time, but we can keep having a conversation <laughs> offline, and then everybody else just doesn't get to hear. Well, uh, I just appreciate you sticking around for Brian's extended cut issue. So. <laughs> it was the quail, all the, all the, hey, I have all these other questions that you normally wouldn't want to ask. Yeah, I mean, but. I can tell you about shutting down workshops in blizzards, shutting down workshops in hurricanes, yeah. You know, Oh, don't tell me that. We're headed to a workshop. I don't want to. In Southeast hear. LA. <laughs> Come on. It's just helpful to know overall that, you know, as we look at people like you and, and Mark Dever and, and Dave Helm, that you guys have the same what kind of issues are we that we have. That those you know? three names the we're, hey, I mean, that's the world. We're going to this workshop yeah. because of to the heavy hitter. So, gonna be and it. now after listening to this podcast, <laughs> our listeners will want to go to one as well. So if you're wanting to sign up for a workshop or maybe take an online course in preparation for a workshop, go to the simiantrust.org. You can find all the details there. And then it's just believe- simiantrust.org, not the simiantrust. Sorry, my apologies. Yes. Simiantrust.org. And then to send an email if they have questions is info yes. at simiantrust.org. That's awesome. That's Great. fantastic. Awesome. Well, until next time. Thanks for listening. Salty Believer Unscripted is a production of SaltyBeliever.com. Visit the website to find more resources like the podcast you've just listened to.